Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. I want to hear a little bit about, again, your story, your journey, your truth, and what it's cost you, what it's bought you, what it's taught you, uh, what you're pouring <laughs> into other individuals, <laughs> how you making this world a better place. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, I love your purpose and what you're doing. Um, my story is unique and that I met an inmate, and after I met the inmate, became homeless started working with him and working with me all at the same time. I became, Wait, I'm sorry, you started working where? In the, in the prison. I was visiting an inmate. This book, The Inmate and the Medium, is about that story. Oh, Lord have mercy. I started visiting an inmate. He introduced me to a Bernie Madoff type guy. And then the next thing you know, I'm homeless because I've invested everything I have. And then some. So I overcame homelessness <laughs> and got the inmate out of prison, um, learned a lot about our own prisons, got to see the laws of attraction active because you could actually put, you could line up 50 inmates with the same judge and the same crime, and every single one of them would get a different sentence. Same judge. It yeah, well, we'll we'll see we'll see with the new with the new inmate as of today how that all <laughs> how all that pans out because you know what it is uh, it's not justice it's selective justice and it's yeah. hard you don't have money to defend yourself so you quickly cop a plea and that's yeah. more more minorities than not but what I'm interested in is Tammy. <laughs> we didn't even announce where we were. We didn't even say we was on the edge, but we're on the edge with Tammy Demirza. And uh, we're going to talk about her book. We're going to talk about what she's pouring into individuals. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about how we can be manipulated and influenced and caught up. Okay. Uh, and it's not, it's not a pretty thing, but it can happen so easily, so easily. But um, the justice system is rough. And I guess people say that we have the best. I don't know. Some countries just cut your hand off or put you in the town square and, and stone you. But no, actually but, ours is completely broken. Yeah, but the revisit, I can never say that word right. Visit revisitism. Revisitism to it's unbelievable. <laughs> and I'll use my nephew as an example. He's got mental health challenges, but as soon as he gets out, he goes to the rehab. Or the halfway house uh, gets into a kerfuffle because you know there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. He'll leave for two or three days. Don't check in with the parole officer, and boom, there you are. There's a warrant for your arrest. You violated your parole. I mean, there's it, it's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. There's no jobs when people get out. How do you prepare yourself for this? You've been a caged animal for 14, 15, 16 years. It, it, it's tough. 
So you got caught up and you're just looking like you just like brand new money. I know somebody was just right, right on you. How did you get <laughs> caught up in, in falling for this, this prisoner? Well, what happened is I did a reading for his sister and it's all written about this six year memoir, how it started, who I was married to, what happened, how I went to Florida, who I met and the, the journey in a spiritual way, in a physical way, in an emotional way. It was quite the journey. To be honest with you, I look at it as a curriculum. Mm. I set myself up, ask spirit, God, universe, However you want to say it, I asked for a school. There wasn't a school for people like me. So what I didn't know at the time is that all of us are in our own schools and I asked for a difficult one. So I ended up meeting this woman who introduced me to her brother, who was an inmate. And from then the story goes. And I was at the point of divorce anyway. I left him. Two and a half years later, I'm married to the inmate. He introduces me really quickly to another guy that wants to invest in an invention that he had, some wheelchairs that are absolutely phenomenal. And that guy was a Bernie Madoff and took everything I owned. And I became completely homeless, destitute, not knowing where the next meal was going to come from not knowing how to survive, I would get upset and tell spirit, the universe, I'd say, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to start a company. I can make money. Well, if you do, you will not get it in this lifetime. And I would get mad April and go, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm going to have to overcome this where I am. Surrendering to that journey was not easy. A lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of drama, a lot of miracles. And now to the point to where what I do is, and I tell everybody, if you're going to go to a medium, an intuitive, a psychic, a spiritual teacher, find one who has gone to hell and gotten the keys and come back. <laughs> and I say this to the skeptic, because my brains are going to want to know. Yes. But if you've got this intuitive gift, why couldn't you have seen this? Oh, this is brilliant. It's a brilliant question because you want to believe everybody as a rule, April, does not listen to their inner goddess system. I'm no different. And when I figured out very quickly why I was in this prison, why I was in this trap, I knew that it was for a spiritual curriculum. That's all covered in this book, it's completely written about so that anybody will understand how I could get in it. These guys are good. They're sociopaths. They are manipulators. And I was starving and I was in pain. And right. And so you have been subjected to so much and you're in a transition of leaving one relationship and you want to be cuddled. You want to be loved. You want to be valued. You want to be told that you're pretty and all of this other kind of stuff. I get it. They put yes. the spin, they put the Spengali on you, and heaven forbid you get a conical visit. <laughs> well, uh, you, you don't get that now. Would have done that anyway because the, guard, the guards could have watched. <laughs> so that we couldn't get that at Coleman Low anyway. So that mm -hmm. wasn't an option. Did you have children? I do. 
I have a son that's 43 and I have a daughter that is 37. And when you were going through all of this, were they looking at you with a side eye? It's like, mama, really? Uh, my, my son was, he's very medically minded. He's in the medical field. And so to him, it was common sense, but he also knew that as a child, I would say to him, Tyler, don't go ride your bike around this corner or don't go see this friend or don't go here. And there'd be a car accident. So Tyler was kind of used to his mom knowing things intuitively <laughs> or telling things, telling him that a girlfriend was going to do this or the teacher was going to do this. And so Tyler was used to having a mom that was, you know, very intuitive, was always truthful and honest. And then my daughter was very spiritually minded and said, I know that you're on the mastery level journey. I know what you're doing is mastery level. I don't ever want to be put through what you're being put through to get to the level that you're getting to. So, and then again, you, but you asked for it. You know, a lot of people don't ask. Well, put it this way, brains, you have to understand a manifestation. You can get the good with the bad baby. You best believe it. Somebody will say, oh, give me a husband. You could get a real something other. Okay. You got to be down to be specific about what you want, but also be accountable. Because again, like Tammy, you don't know what's really coming around the corner. I've been dealing, I don't know. It's sometimes it seems like I get guests in waves. I've been having a lot of metaphysical. I've had one woman that was just on my show that has been dealing with the devil. How mm -hmm. her, I had another woman that her husband has been putting voodoo on her. So these entities are alive and well, and they walk around you know, us all the time. Discernment. How do we gain discernment? Because there are charlatans. Well, it's more than that, April. We signed up for a curriculum. And in that curriculum, we came in this world to experience dichotomies. To your point, the laws of attraction is the universal law that says to everything, there is an equal and an opposite. When I ask source, when I ask the universe, to give me a curriculum that would be very tough, but would escalate my journey. I heard three times, we have one for you. Are you sure you want it? Yes. Tammy, it's not going to be good. Yes, I still want it. Tammy, going to be the worst story you've ever heard personally. Do you want it? Yes. So I pre-agreed to go through this. And the entire time I'm monitoring that and doing the work. We really are all alchemists. We signed up for a curriculum. Why not get on with it and get it done? Because once you overcome something, you will never experience that symptom of that issue again. And I'm the evidence of that. I found well, if you do if you do the work, Tammy, you, you know there's the folks that, that don't accept the assignment. And you know there's a lot of people that's gonna get a D or an F on the test. <laughs> and they've got to, you know, you've got the curriculum, you've given them the syllabus, you've stood in front of the class, you've ticked off all the boxes, and they still, you know, waiting for the bell to ring. And see, here's so, the thing about that is that it will repeat itself. Yes, again, it will. And again, and again. And the way I describe it is you go to one o'clock, and at one o'clock, this issue is for you to overcome. If you don't, it'll go back around. And the next time it goes around, there's a hammer and then a sledgehammer. And then by the time you finish, 
you're in so much pain because you have been avoiding, because you didn't understand that you signed up for it, because you feel like you're a victim, and none of us are really victims. See, but you, again, I say it, you are mature enough to receive it and recognize it and ask for it. Everybody's not at that point. And they keep saying to themselves, why am I still going back to this abuser? Why am I letting this happen to me? Why am I subjecting my children to this? But they never sit down and write it down and look at it and ask themselves. They're asking this ambiguous question to the universe and expecting someone like you to come in, close the door and got the magic answer. They don't do the work. When a person is in this vulnerable state, where do they begin, Tammy? I would say the very first thing is to look at your patterns and look at what the symptoms are. So every single one of us are being given symptoms in the physical of what we are manifesting or creating all the time. The physical is our servant and shows us all day long what your curriculum is. That's your life mission. That's your life purpose. So the very first question is, has this happened to me again? Do I pretend that I'm a victim or how do I move from being a victim to the victor? Because the good news is once you overcome it, just like the financial issues that I kept having until I decided I'm going to overcome this curriculum, not once, not once have I even been close to not having money in my checking account. Well, since I did that work. You know, that's like me. I was in a, uh, a kerfuffle with my cash flow years ago and I sat down and I wrote my money a letter. <laughs> I, I really did. And I explained to them what the situation was, how it made me feel emotionally, uh, what I was willing to do, what I was willing to sacrifice, how come I wasn't good enough, yada, yada. And the oddest thing happened. Spirit told me, turn the page over. Money wrote me back and explained to me what the purpose was, what I was doing wrong, why I was being so vulnerable, why I was allowing these things to happen. And that it was, you know, no more valuable than any other piece of paper on my desk. It's how you treat it. And it only has as much value as that I put on it. And it put everything in perspective. I have that letter to this day. And from that point on, I was financially free because I knew how to navigate. Again, I called on it and I, you know, and I accepted my responsibility. That, that is the key. That is the first thing is acknowledging it. Okay, this is actually real, you know? So uh, we're going to get into the book in just a minute. But girl, when did you give up on this person? Was he, you know, was he handsome? What was, what was it about them that, that drew you to him? I love that you're asking this because I was emotionally and physically starved and mm -hmm. relationships in the past, not feeling like anybody understood me, could speak my language, understood who I was or what I tried to say. And in that last marriage, and that's in the book, I was talking about the husband saying, oh God, something happened. Don't tell me, don't tell me. And I'm like, you do understand you're telling your wife you don't want to know her. Yes, I don't want to know you. And I'd go, mm. okay. So that marriage ended. And so what happened was I fell in love with an illusion. This inmate was highly intelligent. Oh, yeah. Very intelligent. People think that, you know, criminals, criminals are, 
They're scholars. They don't have nothing else to do but sit up there and read. Yeah. (laughs) They don't have nothing else but time to sit there and read and figure out and uh, commiserate with other criminals in there to sharpen their game. Well, for him, it was an escape because he was a trafficker and he was one of the top five that the U.S. was trying to stop. And it took him six years to catch him. And Mm. they only caught him through associates. He was very smart. What happened is that he had read a thousand books and knew the vernaculars and knew the language and was even sharing with me when I would go into prison and say, hey, something happened. I'm freaked out. I wasn't freaked out during the session, but I'm freaked out now. What was it? And then when I would tell him, he'd say, oh, that's remote viewing, Tammy. The masters do that. And I would go, oh, I'm not going crazy. So I fell in love with this illusion, thinking that this guy was spiritual, thinking that I finally got somebody that I can sit with, be with, communicate with, have an emotional connection with. And I fell in love with that ideal. But after prison, the truth came out. And at some point, even in the book, I said to him, this isn't about the marriage anymore. This is only about my curriculum. And when I hear when, I'm leaving you. And that's what happened. Wow. So are you going to read us a little excerpt from the book? Now put the book up. Yeah, put the book up really close to your pretty face. So I want to see it. Put it up just a little bit more. Tammy Demirza, The Inmate and the Medium. A true story about loss, love, and freedom. I am so excited. (laughs) Introduce it and tell us what you're going to tell us. Okay, so I'm going to read to you what it was like to walk into the prison from the perspective of nobody ever visiting. So a lot of people wonder, what's it like to go into prison? I can tell you from my view. So I'm just going to read part of this, this excerpt from you. This is chapter four. Visiting Phil in prison. I made the five-hour drive from Panama City and stayed in a hotel in the villages. The following morning at 7 a.m., I was just outside the prison walls. I was a little freaked out, but resolved that no matter what, I would go in beside God because God had asked me to. My ideas about visiting someone in prison had been skewed by the movies. I was convinced that they would make me undress completely and touch my lady parts to make sure I was not smuggling anything in my body's cavities. I approached the line of people assembled with this in mind. We had to stand outside and wait for the guards to summon us or give us permission to move inside. This was true throughout my entire time at the prison. The guards were not considerate of visitors or what we'd had to gone through to make the visit. In fact, they made us not want to go inside. Everything about the process was difficult. I filled out a form, form, passed the clothing test, and looked around me at all of the men, women, and children who were visiting the men in prison. I was captivated by their ease, their good mood. They weren't downcast, upset, or complaining that their loved ones were in there. No one talked about the horrible sins that had been committed. There was no judgment of the men inside. This struck me. It made me think of how much judgment I had received from the Southern Baptist Church and what it had taught me and how that contrasted with the unconditional love I was seeing in this dark place. 
where supposed sinners lived. I also resolved that if other women, some of whom looked timid, allowed themselves to be touched in inappropriate ways, that they could meet their men in prison, then I could do it too. I am so thankful to tell you I did not have to go through that. Bill laughed at me when he heard that I'd been willing to sacrifice dignity to go inside the prison walls just to honor my spirit's request. On my first visit with Phil, I learned profound things. This visit was only two hours. That was enough. I asked the questions that came to mind and asked how he felt about marriage. And I go on about our journey and how that started. And then I talk about what the guards were like. And I share personal stories about how the guards treated. It was really wild because there were some guards that really wanted to assist, but found themselves in the bureaucracy and the politics of the prison and knew they couldn't help. And then others wanted to be dominate and control and boss people around and abuse. And that was the only two categories that I saw. Wow. And I was there five years visiting Phil in prison. You know, I'll tell you, women get, I don't know, we're just such emotional marshmallows sometimes. <laughs> but I can see how it happens. I've had girlfriends, see me, I don't know, man gets incarcerated, I'm out. Yeah. I, I don't want to be involved in that's a personal choice. Um, and that's, you know, is it judgmental? Absolutely. Is it my boundary? Absolutely. There's not that there's great people and there's not people that are in prison that are guilty. There's innocent people in there as well. But you turn into, uh, you become what, you, what you're around. Yes. And I've got girlfriends that have went to see um, their boyfriends in jail or their husbands in jail. And the, you know, the side piece is coming out before her because she's been there. I've had friends that have been arrested because they've smuggled in phones, smuggled in drugs. Oh, there's uh, stories of this. You know, all of this, this, <coughs> this unrelenting me. commitment to loyalty. And I ask, ladies, what is the ROI? A promise? A word? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do it again. I'm gonna be there for you, baby. Uh, you know, I have had a girlfriend that had a horror story. Um, she was devastated. She got HIV. And the only person that she had been with was her husband. Oh, wow. But he, the only intimacy that he had known for 15 years was the intimacy of a man. He didn't want to be gay, black, former gang member, criminal, too many titles. But she would always wonder why when they got intimate, he'd turn her over. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Of who was used to. That's, That's exactly what he was that, used to. A lot of that goes I, on. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you from my perspective and watching inmates and the transformation of the families and talking with the wives, it breeds narcissistic behavior. Mm -hmm. It solidifies narcissism in the inmates. And part of that practically is that you don't have any anonymity. So your thought all the time in prison is, how can I get a minute to myself? How can I get by myself for a minute? How can I make this work? How can I get the food I want? How can I get whatever alcohol I want? How can I get anything I want? And that's a breeding ground. 
and the people that go in there, you know, now, April, because I'm an intuitive and an empath and I read the energy, I can read the energy of somebody on the street and know they're going to federal prison. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, the energy is already around them. It's just a matter of time, whether they're innocent or guilty. Because once you set that up and you become the energy of that, you're going to go in. So tell us about the work that you're doing with people right now. What I do is I go into what I call the secret garden. I go into your past. I go into break the patterns to help you figure out what is keeping you stuck and playing small. Why do you not know your life purpose? Why are you not happy? Why do you have these patterns? I can go to the original point, the root cause of the pattern, tell you what happened, give you all the details, who was involved, even tell you what the window treatments look like, actually visit the space. And then I explain it to you in a way that is not judgmental. You made this decision because of something that your mother said in the kitchen when you were five, and this is what's happened to you ever since. And I can tell them what the patterns in their life are. I can tell them what they have, what's happened to them when it began, who was involved. We work through a healing process. There's methods that I have. One of the things that you mentioned was brilliant because I have a five-step method for freedom and the first one is acknowledgement. And the mm. second one is owning. And you mentioned two of those, April. And then yeah. the third one is forgiveness. And the fourth one is choosing again. You can't just do that method without understanding each step. Because what we think is bothering us, what we think is the problem rarely is. So when you get an intuitive that can read your life, and say, your soul is speaking to me, your gods, your angels, your spirit is speaking to me, and I'm not hearing what you say. Can I tell you what I'm hearing? And then they start crying, or they go, oh my God, that sets me free. I, I'm so thankful to know this now. It makes perfect sense. It's like putting the puzzle together and then writing a new script. Let me ask you a question about another part of the script, monetization. Yeah. This is a gift from God. Universe source. I call him God. I'm not going to go through the whole litany of what people you, you know, you fill in the blank. <laughs> but people that have these gifts, they work with others. This is a channeling. And they don't feel that they should be compensated financially for the work that they do. And I don't believe that's true. It is an no, exchange of energy. Is an exchange of energy. They should buy your book. Be, it has to be reciprocal to make the circle unbroken. So if one person is giving more, it goes in and then the energy comes right back out. I was taught that even about Edgar Casey, who didn't charge. But guess what? Edgar Casey worried about food. He didn't have clothes. He didn't have a home. What he really wanted to do with his life, he got the hospital, but it failed within months. So what people don't understand is that to the degree of the work that you have done, you have acquired your own master level or PhDs. That makes you an expert. You've paid the price. And when you charge it, they match it, it sticks. And it's honorable and it's reciprocated. And when you expect something for nothing, 
you're playing the victim role. I never cut my prices for people unless God tells me directly, do this one at this percentage. It is rare that I'm asked to do anything for free. And, 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 and again, that's what, I, that's, that's what I said. You be careful what you get for free. <laughs> you know, uh, and, that yeah. includes, and that includes advice. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so it, it's not worth it. <clears throat> Fun things about you, though, Tammy. When you're not in the, the spiritual world, um, what do you do for fun and recreation? Ride bikes. I hike. Um, I love cooking. Mm. I'm a foodie. I love traveling. Traveling is where I learn about all different cultures and all different people, and I'm changed, and it's a great growth opportunity. One of the things that I offer is a life and breakthrough transformation. That is the most intense thing that I offer, April. And I had a client. I have clients that take me or send me where they are in Alaska, or they took me to Morocco for two weeks. So I would sit at breakfast and say, today is the theme of your life. And I will teach principles and concepts. And then within 30 minutes to an hour, just being out in public, that thing happens in real time mm. as a miracle. And Does so, it scare you sometimes when what you manifest come through? Not scare you, but you know, you have an aha moment. It's like, wow, look what I can do. I, no, because I'm 63 and I've been doing this since I was 11. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I just get excited. Like this home that I am sitting in right now, I decided last June without the money to pay for it that I was buying a home and I was moving before Christmas. I moved on December the 20th. Wow. Manifested this home. Okay. So I'm constantly manifesting things that I want. That's another thing that is off balance in people. You think you have to give, but you don't receive. So I'm going to share with your followers something interesting. Left hand is about receiving. Right hand is about giving. If you take from the collarbone down your chest, out your arm, this is about heart things, receiving intimacy, getting things. If you go from here down underneath and out this arm, it is your career. It's what you have to give. It's what you do for humanity. Imagine if you're not balancing your body and you're overusing what I have to give, what I have to give, what the left side's gonna suffer. So uh -huh. even in the human body, there's balance and we're supposed to give, receive, have downtime, have, have work time and learning that balance and that equality and then learning how to honor it by tapping in and saying, what do I need? Uh -huh. What does my soul need? What will help me? So traveling is one of those things that I do that feeds me, soothes me helps me meet some of the most interesting people changes my perception of the way that this works I grow I get food I get to try different cultures I come home and I cook those things or I get a tangine from Morocco and then I cook their special foods and then I feel like I'm connected with them exactly because you're you're going beyond the superficial and that's just with life brains I hope you listened to what Tammy said very intensely, because this is how we get over prejudice, sexism, racism, classism. It is immersing yourself or, or 
to make a lighter term, wear somebody else's shoes, you know, and appreciating what you learn on that journey. Everything is not for everybody. We could go to a smorgasbord right now. And what Tammy puts on her plate is not what April may put on her plate. Right. And when I'm full, you may not be full. Mm-hmm. But also, are you looking at a glass that's half full or half empty? Is it running over with goodness? Are you allowing yourself to be vulnerable? Are you willing to take on tough assignments? Are you willing to, you know, feel the fear yet do it anyway? Tammy has done all that and then some. You are just a wealth of information. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you and definitely how to get a copy of the book. Well, there's not only that book, but there's also 65 Signs that you're an older soul. And I'm about to publish the second in that series. I don't even have a name, but the book is written. My name is Tammy Demirza, T-A-M-M-Y-D-E-M-I-R-Z-A. If you go to my website, all you have to do is sign up for my email. And guess what? You can ask me one intuitive question. I will personally answer you in the welcome email that you receive. And then I start giving videos. I'm on social media. I give a lot of free content. And then if you want to know about my services, then you can look on my website. You can book there online for anything that you need. Thank you so much for being here on the edge with us. Brains, go in, do the consultation. You don't know what you don't know. And don't be afraid. If nothing else, do it just to be amused or entertained. You'd be surprised what comes out of it. Uh, I want you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Again, love, like, share, and subscribe here on The Edge. Thank you so much, Tammy. Come back and see me again when the new book is out, okay? Thank you. All right. Bye, Brains. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.